Hey there, guten Morgen, Marika. <laughs> right on time, right on time. She stepped into it. Jack Smith says perfect trap for Judge Cannon. 52 minutes ago. These are the Midas Touch headlines. I babysit the Midas Touch um, playlist on YouTube as a producer. Total breakdown. Trump spirals out of control in new posts as he prepares to surrender. He's supposed to surrender. He, he said he's going to surrender on Thursday, which is the day after the Republican debate in Iowa. Ah. Just woke up. Make some coffee. I'm going to um, feed my aminos. So this is going to be an ASMR of Nice kind of like barn yard noises while we're listening to the news of old diaper Donald melting down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mainstream media ratings are at an all-time low because of this news story cover-up. You won't hear about this in the news because the corrupt... I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. Donald Trump continued to post some of the most deranged and dangerous posts yet on his social media platform. Why don't they fucking lock him up? QAnon accounts and then... They don't need Donald no Trump's more evidence, fuckers. Republican leaders in the House of Representatives followed. Everybody, stop what you're doing. And call the Justice Department, 202-514-2000. Leave a com comment on their comment line for Jack Smith, capital C section. And say, what the hell are you, you know, word it your own way. But, um, you know, you don't need any more evidence. They're, he's the worst criminal in human history, and he's threatening everybody. The judges, his supporters are getting killed. Almost every day, there's another supporter of his who believes his 50,000 lies. Tell, him, tell the Justice Department to stop treat, giving him preferential treatment. Um, just because he was the former president, no one is above the law, and they need to do their fucking job. And lock him up. That will shut him the fuck up. And um, get him to stop. He's he's breaking the terms of his release. Which anyone else in this judicial system, which is supposed to be equally applied to everyone. Everyone else would be in fucking jail pre-trial. And, and so he should be too. So go ahead and uh, word it your way, but call the Justice Department, 202-514-2000. This is just distraction. The most important thing is everybody make a fucking free phone call for your democracy. With their outrageous conduct, I want to just show you what is going on in the world of Donald Trump and the Republican Party because we can't normalize this behavior. And then I want to compare it to what President Joe Biden is saying and doing because, look, as President Biden said, don't compare me to the almighty, compare me to the alternative. Your advice to me, Midas Mighty, was don't just show the Trump post, show it, call it out. 
but also compare it to what President Biden's doing, and that is exactly what we will be doing here. So Donald Trump posting and amplifying some of the most dangerous accounts. Like, imagine if President Biden on a daily basis was reposting QAnon accounts. This is what Donald Trump is reposting. Post this account that says, it doesn't matter what crooked, corrupt Joe Biden's DOJ do with all the fake stories, fake evidence, and fake indictments against Donald Trump. I don't care. That's all in caps. And my vote is only for Trump! Exclamation point. Uh We the people have already chosen Trump as our next 47th President of the United States. Hashtag MAGA. And it is a weird photo of Trump that says, We love you, sir. We love you. And that is a post that Donald Trump reposted and amplified. This is an account that he frequently reposts. It's called Lara 47. Uh, and Donald Trump reposts the following. Probably Lara Trump. To distract from the Biden's crime, from a fraudulent election and certification, from the January 6th entrapment and their own staged insurrection. These persecutions of Trump are a unprecedented level of corruption to cover up their own crime only to stop them and to stay illegally in power. We have lost our trust in this broken system so bad that we can't move forward without 2020 being resolved. Hashtag truth, hashtag Trump won. Then Donald Trump reposted this patriot for life that says we need to hear more about this treason. And this is what this patriot for life is reposting. Back at you patriot with a fist that has the American flag on it. And then it has the QAnon slogan. WWG1WGA. Let's compare this for a moment with what is President Biden posting. (laughs) President Biden's posting the following. He writes, Our economy works best when employers and employees come to the bargaining table as equals to make a business run better and improve employees' lives. Collective bargaining works. And he's reposting a story that says the union representing 340,000 UPS workers says its members voted to approve a new contract finalizing contentious labor negotiations. What does President Biden post as well? He says, that's Bidenomics, and it's a photo of himself with the following text. We're growing the economy from the middle out and bottom up, lowering costs for hardworking families and making smart investments in America. That is Bidenomics. President Biden saying the following, the Inflation Reduction Act is delivering for the American people. It's lowering costs for families, restoring fairness to the tax code, creating good paying jobs here in America, addressing the existential threat of the climate crisis and more. So. You compare that to what Donald Trump is reposting, and Donald Trump reposts the following. We elected traitors, that's all in caps, to governors. We allowed evil, and that's in caps, to prey on us. Those who claim to represent us gave us false hope, like false promises. Like the that evil shit. and corruption only grew. This is more than party politics. This is about restoring old glory. This is about saving our land and our people from those who wish us harm. This is about preserving our democracy, uh, our republic, preserve our democracy, 
This is about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This yeah, is about saving America, and that's from that Lara 47 account. Um, and Donald Trump reposted this fruit snack account that says, We love Trump. Yeah. And uh, fruit snack, by the way, is a known QAnon account that frequently reposts photos of Donald Trump that he amplifies with a shirt for the QAnon uh, death cult. Um, and then if you want to see, like, what else are these MAGA Republicans, you know, talking about today, constantly, nonstop impeaching President Biden, and how are they not going to fund the government? Let me just show you. This is Matt Gates, MAGA Republican, very close to Donald Trump, one of the main leaders of today's Republican Party, talking about, you guessed it, impeaching Joe Biden. Play this clip. And uh, I think that if we do not begin this impeachment work. We need to We're impeach going that. to look unserious as House Republicans and conservatives. Another and I'm thing. telling you, on this judiciary call that I just got off Y'all of need to tell the Justice Department, 202-514, tell them what the fuck about all these insurrectionist Congress members that you haven't even charged two and a half years after the fact. <laughs> Motherfuckers, do your job. Speaking with you, Chris, we had some of the more moderate members of the Republican conference saying that we need the powers of an impeachment inquiry. And I was heartened by the, the full-throated support for that position that we received from our, our judiciary colleagues. Drew? Thanks for Drew Lurie is having a big moment right now, oh, and with hundreds of products connecting fashion and philanthropy in an easy... Right, we are going to have articles of impeachment come up in committee and go through this process, or Eric... Getting close to Donald Trump. You guessed it, what she's speaking about today. Impeachment. Play the clip. I know that this is leading to impeachment one way or another. Either we are going to have articles of impeachment come up in you, committee and go through this process, or, Eric, I will demand an up-and-down vote on the House floor for impeachment of Joe Biden. We cannot stand to have a compromised president in the White House. Yeah, and here, Kevin McCarthy, the weakest speaker of the House in history, MAGA Republican, he is accusing, what, after fake whistleblowers and Chinese spy whistleblowers and fake audio recordings that don't exist, their new thing now is they say President Biden had about a dozen shell companies, or they go the Biden brand or the Biden family. I mean, Donald Trump had thousands of shell companies. Thousands of shell companies. Donald Trump had bank accounts in China. He paid more taxes in China than he did in the United States of America. Like, hey, we know about the $2 billion dollars paid to Jared Kushner. I mean, what in the, what are you even talking about? But this is their new talking it's point. Deflection. Shell companies. Shell companies. As oh. Donald Trump doesn't have a thousand. Play this video of Kevin McCarthy. They confide us. And Larry, I've never seen an administration use different form of government like this to withhold information since the Nixon administration. This is appalling what they're doing. I've never seen a person in elected office use their office like this to have 20 shell companies. You have a nine people in the family getting paid after you take certain action. Oh, and then finally, here you have Don Jr. whining about the uh, conditions of bond for the consent bond order by Donald Trump in Fulton County that Trump's lawyers agreed to. It's a consent order, meaning Donald Trump's lawyers consented to it. But according to Don Jr., 
a notable lawyer, I should say notable moron, more than that, he's obviously not a lawyer, he's a total moron, just pretending to act knowledgeable here. Um, he's saying that, uh, here, play the clip, he's saying that Donald Trump's conditions were uh, unfair, unfair, it's just more unfair against Trump. Just whining. Here, play this clip. A bail has been set. What do you make of the conditions and the social media restrictions the judge uh, has uh, rubber stamped on this? Well, I think it's perfectly in line with everything that Democrats want to do to their opponents. They want to jail them. They want to silence them. They want to make sure that you're not allowed to talk about actually what went on or the truth. Uh, they want to make sure that people don't get to see that, that they only see the one side of the story. Uh, I think that's pretty uh, that's pretty much their playbook these days. And if anyone's been watching, they understand that that's the case. So while it's disgusting, while it goes against everything America stands for, uh, that's basic Democrat policy these days and shouldn't surprise anyone. And then can we compare that finally back to kind of normal world where President Biden talks about from stories of grief. We've seen so many stories of hope and heroism, of the aloha spirit. Every emergency responder put their life on the line to save others. That's Maui. That's America. And to the people of Hawaii, we're with you for as long as it takes. I promise you. And then President Biden says, today I'm proud to announce a new student debt repayment program called the SAVE Plan. It's the most affordable student loan plan ever and a promise kept in fixing the existing student loan program. Let me explain to you how it works. I mean, things that he can actually do for the American people, focused on the people while Donald Trump is posting these very deranged and dangerous conspiracy theories, saying disgusting lies about the insurrection, saying that it was you know, set up I mean, it, it, this is this should be very disqualifying stuff. And I just want to show you Trump's post and Biden's. I want to show you this is all the things that Republicans are saying on a daily basis. This is who they are. This is who they've become. Anyway, check it out on MidasTouch.com for all of the breaking news. Check it out on MidasTouch.com. And wherever you get audio podcasts, subscribe to the Midas Touch podcast. See you at MidasTouch.com. I'm Ben Maxellis. Have a great day. Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at MidasTouch. Keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now. Right behind me down the street are some of the roughest conditions people can find themselves in. Many without food, water, or a roof over their head. But I'm not in some third world country. I'm actually in San Francisco, California. It's hard to think this is happening right here in the United States. And it's just the beginning of a disturbing new trend that I believe will end America as you and I know it. on election subversion charges or securing bond of... MAGA attacks escalate with deadly consequences. Just because you don't put them in fucking jail, the Justice Department. took place before the horrific murder of Laura Ann Carlton, who was killed while flying a pride flag outside her store in California. My guest, Brent Tannehill, has been an outspoken advocate for LGBTQ plus rights and has deep insight into the rising tide of hate towards her community. Our conversation focuses mostly on how courts, and the Supreme Court in particular, are reinforcing the idea that LGBTQ plus people can be treated as second-class citizens. But whenever we have conversations like this on Against All Enemies, I worry they might seem overly academic. The truth is, for those who continue to face this kind of hate, the stakes are 
and life and death. We don't yet have all the details about the murder of Laura Ann Carlton, except that she was killed for flying a pride flag. Here's a brief report from a local news station. My conversation with Brent Hill is right after. A memorial is growing tonight outside of Cedar Glen shop one day after its owner was shot and killed. 66-year-old Rory Carlton owned Magpie Boutique. Detectives say her killer made several disparaging remarks about a pride flag on display at the store before shooting her. San Bernardino County Sheriff's deputies arrived and confronted the shooter and wound up shooting and killing him. Carlton is survived by her husband and nine children. County Supervisor Don Rowe posted a message on social media today calling this a senseless act of hate and violence, saying everyone deserves to live free of hate and discrimination. My guest today is Brynn Tannehill, a former Navy pilot and the author of American Fascism. She is a keen observer of the Supreme Court and recently wrote a piece for the New Republic that warns about the far-reaching implications of recent SCOTUS decisions. I wanted to talk to Bryn today about the legal cover now being provided to extremist groups. Bryn, welcome to Against All Enemies. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be back. Uh, glad to have you back. You concluded that piece in the New Republic with this paragraph. In a decade, we will look back at these decisions and see their role in our national unraveling and descent into theocratic authoritarianism much more clearly. But today, we can only watch in helpless terror as the Roberts Court unleashes a Pandora's box of horrors courtesy of the religious right because there is literally nothing we can do to stop it, and they simply do not care what the consequences of their decisions are. Can you talk about the capture by the religious right of the court and why extremist groups like the Proud Boys and Moms for Liberty are cheering that on? So there's really two decisions happening here. One is 303 Creative, which said that a hypothetical company that has never had any customers and actually made up the one customer they potentially might have would someday maybe have to provide a wedding website to a gay couple that may or may not actually exist and the court decided why yes someday that would be awful that would be compelled speech to have to make a website for a gay couple uh, a wedding website for a gay couple and there's the issue of dubious standing there but now broadly there is the idea that civil rights laws can no longer uh, protect you from discrimination if that discrimination is theoretically based in some sort of creative activity. Now, I've taken a lot of heat from people who are saying, well, this is a very narrowly tailored um, decision. You don't really understand what this means. You're being paranoid. And I don't think I'm being paranoid here. Um, if you actually read the article, you can see that the court has been very, very deferential to anything the government does uh, infringing on religious freedom or religious liberty to the point of saying that a religious-based charity organization can't be required to sign a waiver saying that it's not going to provide birth control, right? That's, that's too much. A, a one-page sheet of paper or electronic form that they turn into the IRS is too much to ask of a, of a religious organization, right? And nobody was ever denied these waivers either, right? But just the mere asking them to sign the form is too much. 
Um, and what this means is that anything that's considered creative, and they don't do it, don't do anything to address what's considered creative, um, is is something where you can refuse to serve people based off of whatever your beliefs are. And this exemption didn't just go to LGBT people. This was just broadly. So let's say that you have um, what just is creative, right? You realize that uh, the guy behind the counter at Subway is a sandwich artist, right? And if you get down to it, what's the difference between making a hamburger uh, and making a cake? Well, if it's theoretically a wedding cake for a gay couple, even if they you know, bought it out of a catalog and said, I want that one, uh, well, we won't serve you. Well, I want that Whopper. Yeah, sorry, it's creative enterprise. You can't have it your way, right? And this is where we're going. Defining a creative endeavor is so broad that basically anything you make, any kind of service, right? So a uh, waiter or waitress could say um, that pretending to like the customers is a form of theater and an artistic endeavor. And I'm not going to pretend, for these customers, I'm not going to pretend to like them. I hate them. And my, or my religion says that uh, I don't, is that slaves obey your masters according to Ephesians 6, 5, and I don't believe white people should serve black people. You know, and this could be a sincerely held religious belief. It could not be. It could just be that the server believes that black people tip badly. Um, but now this is potentially covered. But for certain, making something for somebody uh, to be considered a creative endeavor and you can refuse service and it's not just to LGBT people it's to virtually anyone right and it's not even just you know race or national origin or LGBT the courts have already decided that religious organizations can discriminate against people who aren't co-religious so you can refuse to serve somebody because um, of their religion right we've already seen that with uh, in South Carolina or an adoption agency wouldn't uh, adopt children out to Jewish people. So this is this is pretty far ranging, and this is we don't know how far it's going to go. But given the deference that this court has given to religion, and given how they have now said civil rights laws have a big loophole in them for First Amendment rights, whether it's freedom of religion or freedom of expression, that's really bad because it allows people to exploit that ruthlessly, potentially. And I'm going to point out, it's already starting to happen. We're seeing people like Ben Shapiro and Crowder and Walsh already saying that the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which would protect from these sorts of discrimination, should go away entirely, right? And this is kind of the Pandora's box that it's opened. Um, and it's going to lead to people discriminating pretty blatantly and being willing to test the law. I'm going to offer one more thing up that's kind of a criticism of my critics, which is last year when Dobbs went down and I sounded the alarm and said, this is really, really bad. This is going to have downstream effects. And the response that I got was, yeah, it'll be fine. It's, it's, it's near right here. It's only abortion. Well, over the weekend, the Supreme, uh, the, not sorry, the Sixth Circuit uh, basically ruled against people trying to keep an injunction in place uh, against a law that prevent trans people from getting health care. And this, 
decision by the Sixth Circuit in a 2-1 uh, decision cited Dobbs nine times when saying states can deny anybody health care for pretty much any reason they want. Um, oh, man. So, no, Dobbs was a lot bigger than just abortion. And in the same way, Graf versus the Joy and 303 Creative is a lot bigger than just websites or wedding shows. These cases have presented themselves as defenses of religious liberty. That's how they've worked their way through the courts. That's the argument being made by uh, the plaintiffs or sometimes defendants in these in these cases. Why have extremists on? It's not just about religious liberty, obviously. And you have groups like the Proud Boys and, and Moms for Liberty uh, doing high fives over these outcomes. What is in it for them? So, one of the things that I highlight in American fascism repeatedly is that there is a long-standing connection between white nationalism, racism, and the modern far-right movement and the evangelical movement. They're all kind of one big lump of history together. And, you know, the easiest way to point to that is the Southern Baptist uh, Convention was founded by a bunch of people who thought that they were being discriminated against in the Baptist church for being slave owners. And they didn't like that. They want, And they created it to justify slavery and to have their pro-slavery religious club. Um, but... While the religion seems neutral on its face, that supposedly, well, a gay person can discriminate against a Christian or a Muslim. The truth of the matter is, is that Christians are still the majority religion in the United States, right? And that if a Christian refuses to serve LGBT people, they're going to lose maybe 2% of the population that they, that they serve. Whereas if a LGBT business owner refuses to serve Christians um, uh, or white people, they're going to lose more than 50% of their potential client base. So while this is facially neutral, in effect, it says this group of people absolutely gets to discriminate as much as they want. And this group, these other groups of people that are much smaller can't effectively discriminate against anyone because they will go out of business. Uh, and this is, in effect, uh, a ruling that absolutely favors Christians because they are the dominant religion and they lose very, very little if they choose to discriminate. Whereas the people that are being discriminated against lack the money and the power and the size to make anyone pay for that. Apple or to, you know, to create an effective boycott, or in general just to uh, be able to do it in reverse and have it have any sort of effect whatsoever. This is the powerful against the powerless. Um, yeah. It's one of the piece, and it starts ushering in uh, a new era where racial discrimination becomes possible again. Um, no matter what civil rights laws we pass. And that's exceptionally, exceptionally dangerous because it takes us back to a place that's pre-Civil Rights Act, potentially. Um, you know, they're okay. Now, I will say that can you refuse to serve someone or sell someone, you know, a package of chewing gum that you did not make, that you don't interact with them, they go to the rack, they pick it up, they run it across the scanner, and they leave the store. Okay, yeah, that's that's 
because the ruling doesn't say that you can just tell someone, no, you can't do that. But that's actually the more narrow version than selling a product that you yourself made or providing a service, right? Um, so that's, you know, you could claim that, you know, bringing things up for somebody is an act of creation or artistic expression, right? Because it's an action. I don't know how exactly, but they're going to try and expand that as much as possible. Or they could say that there's a religious uh, religious objection, right? So this, this just opens up so many awful possibilities, and it's not just selling things to people, it's in the workplace too, right? What if in the workplace uh, you want to misgender coworkers? You don't want to recognize the authority of a black supervisor. You don't want to recognize the authority of a female supervisor. You don't want female employees, right? Uh, because you think women should be at home making babies and raising children, right? This opens up all kinds of nasty, nasty, nasty possibilities going forward. You have civil rights laws no longer apply. The last time we spoke, you talked about the anti-trans legislation sweeping the country, enabled by some of these court decisions. You talked about the implications for you, and I think you gave the example of singing to your kids in the in the car in, in Texas. Um, I'm wondering, well, it's a moral panic like every other moral panic this country has experienced in, in that it's about something else, right? Especially when you talk about the the anti-drag legislation, it's really about trans persecution. But it is different in that this time, it is giving a violent group or violent groups a, a, a point of attack. It's giving them a place to focus their energy. Trans people are, uh, are targets of, of violent activity. And it has the, the cover of law now um, when you're talking about these, these anti-trans bills. So I don't know how it's going to translate into violence, but it definitely creates the first-class citizens and second-class and third-class citizens. Um, it creates those who are free to discriminate and those who can do nothing about it. Um, and only can suffer from it. Uh, for trans people uh, in the workplace, yeah, who well, starts getting get into some weird areas, well, what if you have one wrong. person in a, co a me in mega corporation, let's just say like a Lockheed Martin, right? Big, big, big company, right? You know, and you have one person who says they will object to contributing to healthcare within the company, that that healthcare uh, includes coverage of birth control or abortion or trans healthcare, right? Or in vitro fertilization or adoption by gay couples, right? Any that any benefit that they pay into, uh, they can they can claim that this is a form of compelled speech. Money is speech, right? That's Citizens United. Right, and the company takes money from me out of my paycheck, and they spend it on things that I object to. And this is a form of compelled speech, saying that I support uh, any of these things that I don't like for religious reasons. Right? Well, what happens then? And the answer is I don't know. But the rulings the court has given so far suggest 
that the court is going to be very, very open to telling corporations, yeah, you can't provide birth control anymore if even one person injects. You can't let trans people use bathrooms on corporation premises if anyone objects. You can't provide health care to trans people. You can't provide abortion. You can't provide uh, adoption services to couples. You can't provide in vitro fertilization. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't right? Um, and that's going to start running into run, bumping up against federal law uh, on what has to be in uh, health care provided by companies and it's going to start bumping into what state law says about uh, companies have to provide to employees. Now, ERISA figures into that, but that's like another legal topic altogether. But if a company <laughs> exists solely within one state, right, then they have to abide by state insurance laws. Briefly, what are the things we should be looking for uh, coming next when I when I tell people to stay vigilant? What are they being vigilant uh, for? So the things that I'd watch for next are stories of businesses trying to refuse customers on the basis of sex or religion, uh, or on the basis of religion and discriminate on the basis of sex or race. Um, I'm go look for restaurants to start refusing service to LGBT customers, to black customers, uh, and being fairly blatant about it, and, and trying to expand the envelope of what the courts consider um, creative endeavors. Because if you can refuse to cook, bake somebody a cake, you can refuse to cook them a hamburger, right? It's just food. Well, thanks so much, Bryn. Uh, we would love to have you back. Really appreciate your insights. Thank you very much. Just streamline your clothes. It's a single solution audit. Let's see here. Let's go for this was one hour ago posted. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. Daniel. Special counsel Jack Smith set the perfect trap for Donald Trump, Trump's co-defendants, Waltine Nauta and Carlos de Oliveira's counsel, and of course for Judge Eileen Cannon and Special Counsel Jack Smith thinking multiple steps ahead, knew how Judge Cannon was going to react, knew how the lawyer for Trump's co-defendant, Waltine Nauta, was going to react, and Jack Smith was ready and just filed a pitch-perfect reply brief. Let me tell you what went down. This all relates to the case, a uh, criminal case against Donald Trump, and now two co-defendants in the Southern District of Florida, Donald Trump, willful intention of national defense information, stealing classified and top-secret documents and keeping it in Mar-a-Lago, as well as counts for making false statements and obstruction of justice against Trump and Trump's co-defendants, Waltine Nauta, his valet, and then in a superseding indictment, Carlos de Oliveira, the maintenance worker at Mar-a-Lago, uh, was brought in as a co-defendant then. So what special counsel Jack Smith did was he brought not one, 
the two Garcia motions raising to Judge Eileen Cannon the unwaivable conflicts of interest that exist with Donald Trump's political action committee paying for the lawyer, Stan Woodward, and also another lawyer, John Irving. Woodward is representing Waltine Nauta, Irving is representing Carlos de Oliveira. Those lawyers being paid by the PAC also have represented multiple witnesses who may be providing testimony, because they're being paid by the PAC, who may be providing testimony that is adverse, that would be incriminating to the clients, criminal defendants, Waltine Nauta, as well as Carlos de Oliveira. And in this reply brief that Jack Smith filed, he conclusively stated, look what happened with Stan 